There is a quote attributed to Albert Einstein, and we're not sure if he said these exact words, but he said some variation of it. And the quote goes, I know not with what weapons World War Three will be fought, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. Chilling, isn't it? Makes your mind real thinking about the kind of catastrophe that could throw us back to fighting with sticks and stones. But that's exactly what we are here to talk about. Nuclear weapons, nuclear war. And at the heart of this eerie quote, we find a man named J. Robert Oppenheimer. A man who, like Prometheus in the old myths, brought a kind of fire down from the heavens. And this wasn't an ordinary fire, but the atomic fire that forever changed our world. Maybe you've heard of him from the book American Prometheus, or maybe you've seen the recent Christopher Nolan film Oppenheimer, which brings his story to the big screen. But our story today is not just about Oppenheimer and his atomic fire. No, it's about Those who found themselves uprooted in the wake of his scientific breakthroughs, the Hispanic communities that were displaced by the whirlwind of the atomic age. And it's about the potential for catastrophe that Einstein's eerie quote hints at the nuclear devastation that Oppenheimer's work made possible. So welcome, everyone, to the Humanity Archive podcast. I am your gracious host, Jermaine Fowler. And today I have a story from history that you may have never heard before, but even if you have, you've never heard it in the way that I'm going to tell it. This is a discussion on the threat and reality of nuclear weapons and the legacy of Oppenheimer. Now, let's get into it. No event happens in a vacuum. Context matters. And if you don't know what led to an event, you won't know why it's happening and how it affects you and your life. The Humanity Archive brings you the full story, the story that isn't fully captured in the glossy, superficial stuff you find on the History Channel or Discovery or CNN. And I like those shows, too. But if you've listened to my show, then, you know, I like to go deeper. So I'm asking you dear listener, to become a financial supporter of the Humanity Archive right now so I can continue sharing not just what happened, but why. Your financial support of just $2 a month will make a difference when you make a move right now, and you can do that by pausing the show and going over to patreon.com backslash the Humanity Archive. Again, that's patreon.com backslash the Humanity Archive, or find the link in the show notes 
And this episode is also brought to you by my book, The Humanity Archive, Recovering the Soul of Black History from a Whitewashed American Myth. The podcast feeds the book. The book feeds the podcast. It's all an ecosystem of untold, overlooked history, telling the stories of the historically unheard. That is what we do at the Humanity Archive. And you as a humanity archiver are a part of that, especially when you're able to support and help to continue the work that I'm doing. So who was J. Robert Oppenheimer, this man who stands so prominently at the crossroads of history? Born in 1904 to affluent Jewish immigrants, Oppenheimer grew up in an environment that fostered intellectual curiosity. He was a wonder kid, a polymath who excelled in languages, science and the humanities. And after earning his Ph.D. in physics in Germany, he eventually found himself leading the Los Alamos Laboratory in New Mexico, the top secret hub for the Manhattan Project. You see, in the early 1940s, World War II was raging and the United States was in a desperate race against time. The Allies had caught wind that Nazi Germany was pursuing atomic weapons, a power that could tip the balance of the war and shape the face of the world to come. And the United States needed their atomic bomb first, and they bet on Oppenheimer to lead the charge. But here's where the story takes an often overlooked turn. The development of the atomic bomb was not a sterile event confined to laboratories and equations. It had real world ramifications, human collateral, if you will. The Los Alamos Laboratory, the epicenter of this world changing endeavor, was built on lands traditionally inhabited by Hispanic communities. These communities with roots stretching back generations found themselves displaced, their lives uprooted by the whirlwind of war and the relentless march of scientific progress. I'm going to combine two quotes by the New York Times and author Alyssa Valdez that really help you understand the gravity of what I'm talking about here. Of Oppenheimer, it says, quote, he served as director of a clandestine's weapons lab built in a near desolate stretch of Los Alamos in New Mexico. It was inhabited by Hispanos. They were given less than 24 hours to leave. Their farms bulldozed. Many of those families had been on that same land for centuries. The Oppenheimer's crew literally shot all their livestock through the head and bulldozed them. People fled on foot with nowhere to go. Land rich, money poor. Their land seized by the government. All of the Hispano New Mexico men who were displaced by the labs later were hired to work with beryllium by Oppenheimer. The white men got protective gear. The Hispano men did not. The Hispano men all died of beryllosis. These were U.S. citizens. Their land taken, animals killed, farms bulldozed, forced to work for the people who took everything from them and killed by those people, unquote. The government needed around 50,000 acres of land, much of it owned by Hispano homesteaders. A school on that land was paid some $225 per acre, while Hispanics were paid as little as $7 per acre. Congress established a $10 million fund to help pay back the heirs of the homesteaders while the government maintained that it did not obtain the land illegally. It acknowledged that the Hispanic homesteaders did not have legal representation and they were paid less than other owners. 
Now, here's a fun fact for you. Fast forward to 2004, a whole six decades after the dust had settled on the Manhattan Project, and Congress, in its infinite wisdom, sets up this $10 million fund, which was to help pay back the heirs of the displaced homesteaders from Los Alamos. Let's chew on that for a moment. Help pay back, not compensate for a grievous historical wrong because, of course, the government was insistent that it hadn't done anything wrong. It hadn't done anything illegal in acquiring this land. No, they just casually mentioned that the Hispanic homesteaders hadn't had legal representation. And oh, just so happens that they got paid less than other owners. Can you taste the irony here? It's almost laughable, isn't it? The government acknowledging these discrepancies without admitting to any racist motivation. It's like a masterclass in the art of saying a lot without saying anything at all. This is part of the story that you don't find neatly packaged into the pages of your typical history textbooks. It's about the people brushed aside in the mad dash for the atomic bomb. And it wasn't just Hispanic communities. Native Americans in Hartford, Washington, were also displaced to make room for plutonium production. And again, these aren't just stories of, oops, we need your land for a top secret project that may or may not end the world as we know it. No, no, no. There's a deeper thread consistently running through these stories. And it's always the racism tied to land loss, racism tied to unfair compensation, racism tied to the disposability of people of color working in dangerous conditions, racism tied to the covering and concealing of the truth and the burial of the historic narratives. That is what we are talking about. Thousands of black Americans worked low wage jobs in the Manhattan Project facilities. And guess what? They were Jim Crowed, segregated. At least 19 black scientists and technicians worked on the Manhattan Project. Their stories aren't typically a part of the narrative either. So when the film Oppenheimer came, a lot of people were full of praise. It's such a nuanced film, they said, and it's about this heroic genius who was complex and troubled. Of course, never mentioning the truth. And the truth is people still want their American myths with a side of sugarcoating. The image of this troubled white man in this case, Oppenheimer wrestling with his demons is presented. And these are the same myths that have been used in service to white supremacy and the military industrial complex. The means justifying the ends. Yes, people were displaced, stolen from and killed, but. We won the nuclear armament race. That is the sentiment. And then that question, what would have been the alternatives? Again, the means justifying the end. So here we are now sitting on the edge of our own potential destruction, a prospect that is in itself not exactly a novelty. After all, humanity has always lived with the knowledge of its own mortality. The underpinnings of philosophy itself. But the atomic age, it brought something new to the table, something profoundly disturbing, the power of our own annihilation right at our fingertips. The atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima had the equivalent force of 15,000 tons of TNT. The bombs we have today, they are up to 3,333 times more powerful. 
One bomb could obliterate a city, a handful, devastate a country in a full exchange. Well, that's the end of civilization as we know it. And that's not an exaggeration. That's not fear mongering. That's the simple, terrifying truth. The power we have harnessed is immense, overwhelming. It forces us to grapple with questions that strike at the very heart of our existence. What does it mean to hold such destructive power? What does it mean for our future? Are we merely borrowing time on this planet? And perhaps most importantly, why does this matter to you? Why does it matter that a handful of people hold the keys to the end of the world? Well, isn't it obvious? It's about you. It's about me. It's about all of us. It's about our lives, our futures, the world we'll leave behind for our children. That's what's at stake here. And who better to capture this ominous understanding than J. Robert Oppenheimer himself in a 1965 TV documentary? Reflecting on the test at Los Alamos, he quoted the Bhagavad Gita saying, quote, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. He wasn't just talking about his personal feelings. He was expressing a sentiment that I suspect we've all felt in one way or another in this atomic age. That eerie sense that we've opened a Pandora's box, one that we can't simply shut and forget. So remember Einstein's quote from the start about World War Four being fought with sticks and stones as we grapple with these questions as we live under the shadow of the mushroom cloud. It feels very present, doesn't it? And we're left wondering, are we merely postponing the inevitable? Is our advanced civilization just an interim phase before we revert back to sticks and stones? So let's not shirk away from this journey, however disturbing it may be. Because it's only by facing these eerie truths, these unsettling questions that we can hope to navigate the nuclear age and maybe just maybe avoid the dire fate of fighting our battles with sticks and stones. And that is our show, everyone. Remember that the Humanity Archive connects you to the people and their stories you can't get anywhere else in a form that fits your busy life. And when you listen to the Humanity Archive, you know you're going to be doing something for yourself. You're learning, you're expanding, you're understanding, you're connecting to our shared history. So when you give just $2 a month, you can be certain that you're making a difference. I'm asking you to support the Humanity Archive because I know you don't just want to know what happened, but you want to know the impact and how it affects your life and the world. So head over to patreon.com backslash the Humanity Archive. Again, that's patreon.com backslash the Humanity Archive or click the link in the show notes. And you can also support this work by purchasing my debut history book, the New York Times bestseller, The Humanity Archive, Recovering the Soul of Black History from a Whitewashed American Myth. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for your support. I love you all. You are a humanity archiver digging for the truth. Stay curious, my friends, and I'll see you next time.